fans welcome back to another episode of the staff pod we'll be dissecting that springbok win from the weekend looking towards this weekend's game against the all blacks and also further ahead to our first game against the scots by picking mine and steeg's combined springbok 23 before then i'd like to welcome in the man the myth the legend he's not really steeg's how are we uh, not not feeling like a legend after that. My head was slightly inflating as you continue that introduction, and then you just really popped it at the end there. But <laughs> happy to be here, guys, as always. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. Make sure to follow other socials and just comment, comment. Let us know on the post who you want to see in upcoming shows. How you feeling about the podcast? We'd love to uh, hear from you guys, our listeners, and. Let's roll on with it. Let's let's dissect everything. It's getting crunch time now, leading up to the World Cup. I'm excited. I, after this uh, week's team that was released, I'm very amped and eager to see what happens on Friday. But yeah, let's let's get into it. Now, I've tried not to get overexcited about this weekend's result, just given it was a Wales C team rather than even a B team. But I did get ahead of myself on Saturday and I was completely convinced we were going to win the World Cup at one point. Just what the box do to you, man. It's just ridiculous. But looking at it from a slightly more neutral perspective, the simple truth is just that the box were more efficient when it mattered, causing chaos at the breakdown, I think was a key point, and just taking their chances when it counted. What were your thoughts on the game, Steegs, and how did you see it unfold? Yeah, I think it was absolutely brilliant. Obviously, like you said, there were a lot of Welsh players that were sort of uh, missing from that lineup. But at the end of the day, we were missing a good few players as well. And I think that sort of shows the depth that, you know, we didn't only just uh, cross the finish line like we generally do against Wales. We absolutely hammered them, you know, with, with a few key players missing from that lineup too. Had a couple of guys stepping up that have probably been considered second string players um i wouldn't say write-offs that's a bit rude <laughs> but i would say that that there were some really good performances that uh even even if they aren't the first strings and you know sort of uh jacques has his guys hopefully going into the world cup that will be the first strings we'll get into that a little bit later but you know if these guys remain the second strings it's really a good showing of of the depth we have and i mean the guys just look like they're really gelling fantastically just before the World Cup, which is exactly what you want to see. I think, as I said last week in the podcast, the Wales game is important. You don't want to lose that game. Um, and I think the All Blacks is going to be interesting because we need to just have a great game. The boys need to perform. But at the end of the day, there's maybe some individuals that need to work on individual aspects of the game. But as a team, as a whole, it's pretty, pretty awesome to watch them perform the way they did. Yeah, I think the depth thing is so true. I think if you look at any of the squads, any of the teams in the World Cup at the moment, picking a starting 15 is pretty, pretty easy for most of those teams. They know who they're nailed on 15 are. I feel like for us, it was, it was a bit more difficult and there was a bit more speculation around that 33-man squad because of the depth that we do have. Talking of that depth, somebody like Kanan Moody was sensational over the weekend, as was Cheslin Colby. 
Jesse Creel proved some of his haters wrong. Looking good on both sides of the ball, defensively and, and offensively. Now, before I go any further, can we please spare a moment for the legend that is Sia Khaleesi? He defied medical science this weekend coming onto that pitch. And not only did he defy medical science, he didn't limp onto the pitch. He came on with a fucking roar and took about three minutes to find form. Is there anyone else other than those that, that maybe stood out for you that really their their hat in the ring to to maybe start come the, the first week of, of that World Cup? Yeah, I think definitely exactly like you say, JC Krill um sort of proving the haters wrong. I will uh you know take take a bite of humble pie and say that I was definitely one of those haters and he was definitely a player that I was referring to earlier. Uh, he, he just had a great game and he, exactly like you say, Sio Khaleesi coming on and, you know, not not really shying away from the ball, trying to protect an injury. He sort of showed us right away that, hey, that injury's not really there anymore and it's not affecting his play at all. And I think he just really had a good, good uh, 40 minutes on the pitch. And, you know, I, I, I think even the next game, I, I don't know if I'd like to see him a full 80 minutes on the pitch, maybe just give him a bit more of a break as well, but give him a run against the top quality team like the All Blacks at the moment. But man, he's just he's just simply a guy you cannot have out of the lineup. You know, his his leadership, the, the, the way he's grown into a leader for the Springboks is just unreal. And he is just Mr. Consistent at the end of the day. You know, he'll he'll have his odd, like really good game. But it's it's very few and far between that he has a bad game. He's just doing his job and putting putting in the miles on the pitch and getting done what needs to get it done. Uh, obviously, Kane and Mooney, um, the the announcements of him switching over to thirteen against the All Blacks, which obviously we'll get into the the squad selection and that. But you know, you you sort of in this predicament, as you say, where. Yeah, there, there were a couple of results that weren't really the best results from the Springboks, but it really yeah, it does show the the depth we have. And someone like the the guys in the wings are just unbelievable. How Jacques has to try and pick them, and and you get a guy like Cannon Moody who you, you just can't leave him out the side. You can't leave him out the side. He is the new um, Francois Stein. He's coming in. He's the the young buck. And the last time we had someone like this was 07 when we won the World Cup. And I think that switch over to 13, I would I would honestly really love seeing Kane and Moody slots in there and, and just perform brilliantly there. Because obviously you can't leave out Colby on the wing. You can't leave out Mbappé, absolute legends. So to see that and from his performances, I think he's just completely raised his hand. And I just can't believe at the fact that he's bloody 20 years old, man. That is unreal. The back three is quite an interesting point because the reality is Kanan will go to, as we know, he'll be playing 13 this weekend. If there's a World Cup final tomorrow, Jesse Creel starts at 13. We probably go 6-2 on the bench and it's a straight shootout on either the left, probably the right wing, actually, between Kanan Moody, Maxwell Mapimpi, and Kurtley Aronser. Unfortunately for Aronser, I think that they wouldn't go with two shorter wings either side of the pitch. So it's probably a shootout between Mapimpi and Kanan Moody. That back three that we started with over the weekend, is that our best back three? Or do you think that there's somebody else that comes in there? 
I think it, it just might, man. I, I think it just might. It was it was just super exciting to see the guys play in that, you know, and, and just the the sort of um, running rugby, you know, we, we always speak about uh, the Stormers and how, how they've played this season. Hashtag Stormerpod. Yeah, hashtag Stormerpod. But it's, it's just impressive to see that, you know, like last World Cup final against England, we just had this super strong, aggressive approach in the game and we were patient. That was the main thing. We were just patient, patient, patient. And when those counter-attack opportunities came, we took them. And we, we haven't really seen that that much since that World Cup. And, you know, you're starting to see these, these glimmers of it coming coming back at the perfect time. Whether that's the whether that's the game plan or the secret uh, secret plans that are that are being kept, it is exciting to see. Obviously, we'll get into Marnie Libok's uh, kicking woes at the moment, which is very unfortunate. You would have loved to have seen him continue just kicking well last week. Uh, we'll see how he does sort of against All Blacks this week. But apart from that, like we we, we spoke obviously over the phone and that after the game and. The main thing is that that is an individual thing that he needs to work on. Obviously, the, the kicks will be important. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter kicking when you go and score eight tries, but you're not always going to score eight tries against these top quality teams and that. So that's something that he obviously needs to work on. But the team as a whole is just, like I say, they're gelling, man. They're gelling. They're playing this aggressive rugby, the the typical Springbok rugby. But now they just have, have added this flair with these new players that have stepped up. Um, the, the 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 second string players in inverted commas second string players have really caused major question marks for these other guys and it's either really just shown shown them and now these second string players are getting these um, starting positions or it's really elevated the first string players and they've had they've had to think like hey look I'm going to get my spot taken if I don't improve or perform better and and that's what some guys have done you know so it's yeah, but at the moment it's just it's just really exciting rugby. You really hope that it's not the situation where we were on fire against Australia, we performed really well, and then we go and get uh, you know just have a bad start against New Zealand. At the end of the day, we didn't get hammered by them at all. Played a bl- bloody brilliant game for the eighty percent of the game against New Zealand, but you know it, if you really lose badly in those twenty percent, it it really can cause an upset. So I'm hoping they can continue this form going into the next one. I think it's really about weathering that storm when the All Blacks go to that high-tempo game because, let's be honest, you can't play that high-tempo game at the speed that they're playing for that 20 minutes where we were quite poor for more than maybe 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, as much as the professional players playing in that speed. It's really, really difficult. Looking at this weekend's lineup, anybody there that surprises you or, or anyone that you're really excited to see? Because there's not, other than the switch of, of Moody from from the wing to, to 13, there's nothing there that really is, is surprising. I think the only thing that I would say is I think that 10, 12, 15 combo could be quite interesting to see because you've obviously got the, the 10, 15 access from the Stormers that we, we, we always talk about. And then you've got Andre Estes and who's there. And let's be honest, if Andre Estes has an absolutely class game this weekend against the All Blacks when... Damien Dialendi didn't make as much of an impact against the All Blacks when we when he last played them as much as he's been in good form. That might leave a, a couple of question marks over that full position. Yeah, hundred percent. I think the forwards are are standards. I think that's that those are definitely our guys. 
Um, I, I think is getting getting a couple chances here. You really hope to see him really start performing um, at a hundred percent, like like he has in the past. You really want him to get into that form again. Obviously, Marnie Libok, we've just spoken about him. Andre Estesen would definitely be someone that I would I would love to see shine this weekend and then he can really start filling that uh that that 12 jersey although he doesn't really have a problem filling it but <laughs> like filling those shoes i suppose but it's it's interesting though because it's um you know you want andre estes and kane and moody to to perform extremely well because that, that center combination if they were both on form would 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 arguably be the best center combination in the world you know, if you still have Kane and Moody scoring tries from 13 and you have the, the ability of under Estes and at 12, there, there, there won't be a better um, sense of duo. But the only thing that worries me about that is the lack of experience. So it's, it's as you say, Jesse Creel just has that bit of a, a, a notch on the experience aspect. So you World Cup final tomorrow, like you say, Jesse Creel goes at 13, but you never know. This, this is, I think, is a, a, I, I was second guessing playing All Blacks right before the bloody World Cup starts. But I will say that this is a good game that if Andre Estesen and Kanan Moody can prove themselves as a center pairing, then I think that's going to answer a lot of questions. And going into the, the pool stages, if they give that, cent- that, that center combination a chance and they continue to perform, I think that becomes the the if tomorrow is the World Cup final, then then you start these two. Apart from that, it would be nice to see Kurtley Aronsa get a nice little run. He, you you would probably more than likely see him being the sort of fourth choice uh, wing. So it would be great to see him performing well, knowing that hey, if worst comes to worst, our, our fourth string winger is is an absolute try scoring machine, and he's in form as well. Damien Willemse as well. I mean. I, I've got nothing bad to say about Billy LaRue at the end of the day. I think he really does bring that experience. And, you know, everyone, you know, gives gives him shit and gives him a little bit of stick. But he, he is proving himself. He wants to get those 100 caps. And he's performing really well. But obviously, we'll, we're, I'd love to see Damian Willems sort of start filling that role at 15 and, and playing a really convincing game that we know when Billy LaRue does decide to hang up the boots that we've got someone that we can trust at 15. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. I think everybody gives Villarreal a lot of shit, but in terms of his attacking ability, there's there's no other fifteen that's as good as popping up in the pocket on attack and seeing things happening three or four plays before they actually do. He's got such a great rugby brain on him, um, but he is getting on. Let's be honest. I mean. I think most people are writing him off after this World Cup, so it'll be really interesting to see if he does end up getting those 100 caps. Looking ahead to the game on Friday, do we think the winner of this game potentially goes into the World Cup with a bit of a mental edge? Because the only time we will play the All Blacks is either coming out of the pool stages, so the quarters, or if we potentially make it into the final and they make it into the final too. In the final, those are the only times we'll meet them. The reason I ask is the box have been quite clever in picking what is pretty much an A team in terms of the pack, the pack that we've got there. But the back line isn't quite that A team. I know you're saying, obviously, if you look at Andre Estes and 
Kane and Moody being 12 and 13, they're a great duo, but I do still think that Creole needs to come in there and that backline needs Colby. So if they do lose, then the coaching staff can kind of say, well, look, it was a good team, but it's not quite our best team yet. But do we think that mental edge is, is going to go to whoever wins this game? I think the mental edge would more go to the the losing team. Well, well, not 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 the mental edge, but <laughs> but um, I I think it would it would affect the Springboks more if we lost to them than it would affect New Zealand more if they lost to us. If if that makes sense, I think All Blacks have have sort of proven their worth as a team so far, and they they are confident at the end of the day. They they are a team that no matter how many points they're down, they can make a comeback and they will make a comeback on you. I think Springboks, in the ter- in terms of chasing a game, we have struggled a fair bit. And obviously, you just don't want to lose to All Blacks twice before the World Cup. You want to have at least one win over them so you know it's possible that we can beat them while they're in this current form. And I, I think it just really damages the mindset if we if we lose this game. So it, it it would be great. It would be great if we could um if we could beat them, and then it just gives us a little bit more of that confidence. But at the end of the day, we lost to them in the last World Cup, and anyone could have said, you know, that super confidence in the All Blacks, and then they ended up losing to England. So at the end of the day, the World Cup is all about what's happening on on that game in that game on that specific day. It's anyone's game, and you just need to be. You just need to be on top of your your performance that specific day. That's all it is. You don't need to be in the best form. You don't need to uh, have one have, have an unbeaten record for the whole year. You know, you don't need to be number one to win the World Cup. And that's pretty much how it stands. Okay, I, I got a little bit of that inspiration from from Eddie Moans, but uh, what he says makes sense. You know, Australia is in the in terrible form going into the World Cup, but. You still can't write them off at the end of the day because they can just pull it together at the right times and then not make the final because I definitely write them off in that sense. But it's it's just one of those things that you can sort of think of. You know, if you pull it together in the right times, anyone can win the World Cup. Yeah, I think that's interesting in terms of us losing to them in the pool stages in 2019. I think we were okay with losing to them in the pool stages in 2019. And the main reason for that is we actually put in quite a good performance. I think if we put in a poor performance on Friday and we get a hiding, I think that's when the alarm bells will probably start ringing. Because if you put in a good performance and you lose, there's always small tweaks and changes that you can make throughout the week to then be better the week following. But if you put in a really crap performance and you feel you've done your best, as I say, we might be in for a bit of trouble. Now, there's been a lot of talk around Pollard and Um coming back into the squad. They were in the stands over the weekend. Steaks, am I being naive when I believe Jacques when he says that the only way those boys are going to make it back into the squad is if there's an injury in the 33? I I don't know. I don't even know what the what what the bloody what the bloody rules are at the end of the day. So I was I was researching this today because I was I was very confused. The coaches have the power. The coaches can turn around and deselect the player themselves. They don't have to give a reason for it. They can actually just say, we're sending this player home and bringing another player in. Dude, that's so mental though. Like, like I just don't, whew, 
I don't know. I don't know because it's two world-class players. You have Andre Estes and then Lucanio Armand form in the center pairing. I take back what I just said about the best, best center pairing in the world right now. And then obviously you have a Pollard coming in. His kicking boots, if they if they're on song, you you can't you can't not select him. But I just don't know what that does to the two unfortunate buggers that have to be sent home. You know what I mean? What is in unless unless it's a it's a predetermined thing where they sat them down and they said, look, yo, we're gonna pick you just in case these guys aren't ready. But if they are, they are the first choice and we'll have to deselect you. So unless there's a there's a agreement about that. I, I just I just can't see them. But just, that would just that would ruin that would absolutely ruin the team, the, just the team morale and the team team ethos. Yeah, and I, I like to me. I personally can't see them having it done. As soon as there's an injury in that back line, they'll bring one of them back, and it'll probably be Pollard because apparently Pollard's back to performing at full match fitness and is training with them at the moment. So he'll come back first. And then Lucanio should be ready potentially come the Scotland game. So I think if there's an injury this weekend, Pollard's not back to Leicester. Pollard's on the plane to, to France and, and on you go, boy, keep. So there's a lot of people that are pointing the finger at Marnie Lubbock to say his goal kicking isn't up to scratch. And we've kind of said that. Look, it needs to get better. But I went back and I look, went to see what Pollard's kicking percentages were at, at the 2019 World Cup. Pollard only kicked at 76% accuracy, which is not that 80% plus world-class goal kicking standards. It's just he kicked well when it mattered. The reverse of that is, do we think that Leboc makes up what he lacks in goal kicking by getting you five pointers instead of those three pointers? Because he sets up tries. There's no other 10 like him in the country. Yeah, I I definitely think he brings more to the game than just his kicking. And at the end of the day, he yes, he might he might be a bit inconsistent now with his kicking, but we know what he can do. We know that he is far better than that seventy six percent say kicking. As long as he's on his game and he's sorted it out in that, I think one hundred percent Pollard is a brilliant player, and he's he's sizey, he's physical, and he, and he has those attributes that he can bring to the ten jersey. But I, I just think Marnie Libok, it's it's just fitting. You know what I mean? It's fitting the the um sort of um you know counter-attack rugby that we've been playing using the wings, using these um sensors and that, you know. And I think with Marnie, you're gonna get more of that. I think Pollard, you'll probably get a bit more kicking. So maybe a bit of a better territory game, which you know, it has worked for us. Don't get me wrong. It's uh, we, We've got the forwards to back a, a good territory game and, you know, really hammer them in the red zone and everything. But I don't know. I just think that in the in the top moments and, you know, having a bit of a flash is going to be something different for the Springbok team. It's, it's not going to be the same rugby that teams can expect that we usually play. It's, hey, we're going to hammer you with our forwards. We're going to play this pressing rugby. But don't turn your backs on us because we've got the guys that are going to send it wide and they'll make you look silly. You'll be flipping, twisting, and turning. Next thing you know, Kane and Moody, Colby, Mapimpi's flipping, diving over the try line. So I think he, he definitely does bring that aspect that is 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 just different. It's different for, for a Springbok setup. And I, I, 
I, I don't know currently if I would, if it's a straight shoot that it's like, well, a, a straight shot that it's like 100% uh, Pollard. I, I just don't know. I, I don't have it in me. I don't know. Maybe call me a bias Stormers supporter, but Marnie is just, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant with the way he's been playing. And you can see his confidence is getting so much better in, in general play. Hashtag StormerPod. Now, the one thing I would say is, I think in an ideal world, what the bot coaches would have wanted is they would have wanted Andre Pollard to start, would have wanted him to come in, play 50 minutes in that position, really kind of get the pressure game going, get a few points on the board, and then for the last 30 minutes, let LeBot come on and just run riot. But I think their their plans have maybe been accelerated in that they've not got Andre Pollard there anymore. Before we get into this weekend's well, this weekend's games. We're going to pick our 23 for Scotland, that first game of the World Cup. I'll go odds, you go evens. We've not practiced this, so it could be absolute chaos because we could have chosen the same players but at different points. So we might have to do some some on-air live shuffling, but we'll see what happens. I'll I'll go first. Lou said I've gone, so number one, I've gone Stephen Kitzel. Who have you got at hooker? Malcolm Marks. I'm happy with that. Uh, tight end, I've put France Mulherber. Yeah, but it's a bit... Nice. I've got RG Sneeman at um, open side lock or the the, the number five lock position. That's interesting. Franco Mustard's been been really good for us. He has been class. And, uh, but RG's, RG's just got that form, man. He's got that form. So he's got that I'm, I'm, I'm happy with either one of them at that five position, to be honest, because you're always going to bring the other one off the bench. And what I really like is the fact that we've gone back to picking two locks coming off the bench. One loose forward, so... We'll we'll get into that. Um, yeah. Number six, and, and, and obviously you, you have that bit of diversity from from Franco Mustard as well. Yeah, so Franco Mustard could come off the bench and play at blindside if he really wanted to. Hundred percent. Um, six microphone started. Yeah, nah, I'm joking, buddy. <laughs> joking. I'm joking. Are you mad? Are you mad? I'm gonna leave our head boy of South Africa out of the squad. Circalisi all day. Good. And I would like to cl- I would like to disclaim that I absolutely love Marco from starting. Siakalisi is just <laughs> the one. Uh, uh, you, need, you need to say Marco from starting is bad, and then he starts performing. Bro, I need to. Yeah, he's 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 shit. He's going to come off the bench. He's going to drop every ball this weekend. You know what's so amazing is I edit the clips for this podcast, so I'm literally just going to clip that <laughs> just right that there. Little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting their access denied from the socials this weekend. Uh, so you got it seven. Peter Steph Tsoy. Please yeah, tell me you've put that. Dwayne in at eight. Look at Duh. <laughs> Dwayne. Dwayne. No, of course, bro. I just yeah, I think his leadership and, and the way he's been performing, he's he's just he's Man, he's living rent-free in that number eight jersey, and there's nothing. I mean, Jasper Jasper Visa is world class, and he's he's a really good player. But you just you just can't leave Dwayne Fumilla out of it. What he offers the team is just unreal. Not in his current form. Nine, I put Fafta Clark in. I struggled with that one a little bit, but I went for experience over form there. Yeah, hundred percent. I I I definitely. You know what? I it's gonna be tough. It's gonna to be tough when when I get to twenty two. Um, oh, 
yeah, that's gonna be tough. Not now, now I'm like second, second year. You can't leave Fafa. You can't you leave Fafa. No, he he is gonna have a decent game. He might not be the best. He might not be at his best form and stuff like that. But you know, you're getting a solid scrum off that is that has managed this team at the scrum off position for years now. And he's a giant slayer, bro. Bro, he is. Anybody who's not seen that video, go YouTube it. Fly half, I'm assuming you put um you you the only specialist fly half we have. (laughs) Colby. Yes. And we can get all four wings. That, I was going to say, that's Colby the only way we're going to get all four. And immediately at 13, <laughs> and then Mapimpi and Aronson on the wings. <laughs> no, no, Marnie, Marnie Lebok at 10. Nice. Uh, 11, I've gone Ches and Colby because I think he is the only nailed on wing starter at the moment. I like it. I like it. Who have you gone at 12? I'm interested by this. Andre Stehazen. I just, I just, I can't, um, I think we've got more than enough experience in the side that we don't necessarily need to bring Damien Dielindy in and breaks my heart to say it because he's a, he's a West Coast boy, you know, he's 10 minutes from, from where, from where we uh, grew up and that, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I just think, you know, sometimes you got to go um, form over experience and what they have done it's it's what are you doing now and and under estes and it's just fitting into that role of what what the springboks are doing at the moment so i just think you go with under estes and there's there's plenty of experience on the on the field i mean if, if you have you know a couple guys injured maybe a Dwayne from wasn't performing and, and he's not starting then you know you might go for for damien dialindi but i think with with the experience we have Andreas Dazen. No, if you'd told me that I was making I'd be making a selection about three years ago, I would have told you that you're out of your tree, as someone we used to know would would usually say. At 13, I've gone Jesse Creel. Makes sense, man. 100 percent makes sense. It's um for now. For now it makes sense. Depending on Moody's performances and, and how he um sort of shifts his gameplay in the 13 jersey. But I tend to agree with that. At 14, you've made my decision very difficult. But I just think that's why I went odds, mate. Yeah, I know. I thought I was actually going to get it easy. Um 14, I would have to say Kanan Moody. Kanan oh, Moody. You know what? I'm actually happy with you know, that. You know, we've 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 got my pimpy, but ah no man. <laughs> why you do this to me, Scott? I was really hoping you were going to go from a pimpy at 11 so I could go Colby at 14, you bastard. <laughs> oh, I just think, man, this is so tough. Okay, debate time, debate time. All right, you have a guy like Kanan Moody. Yeah. All right, he's scoring tries. He's 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 tall. He's, he's a good player. He, he lacks a little bit of that experience. But at the same time, is that exciting that he's going to, that, that, that he might do things differently? You know, you've got a guy like Mapimpi. He's an absolute fan favorite. I think the, a, a huge population of South Africans would be pretty pissed off if he doesn't start yeah. to make the final. But at the same time, I, I just don't think he's been better than Kaden no, Moody. And I think if you look at that squad, you've got Billy LaRue and Damien Villamso who cover that 15 position with Kurtley Aronson and Chelsea and Colby also able to slot in there. But it's between Willemsa and between LaRue for that 15 shirt, right? In terms of the wings, 
Ches and Colby starts over everybody else because he is both experienced, but also he's in form, right? You look at Wales over the weekend. That really only leaves the other wing. Kurtley Aaron said they're not going to play two shorter wings in the same game, I don't think. They seem to like that style of a slightly taller wing and a shorter wing. Given that, it's a straight shootout, as I say, between Mpimpi and Kanan Moody. Now, this selection might change next week if Mpimpi comes out and has an absolute barnstorming game and then we're sat going, well, who do we pick? But based on this week's game, form from the season, I think Kanan Moody has to go in there. 100%. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad we can agree on that. We're either going to have a strong agree or a gnarly disagreement at 15. Who's your 15? You're not going to believe it. I've gone from Fulham Billy. Oh, I would have said the same thing. Okay, good. We're, we're just going to go on a 10-minute yeah. argument and debate right now. <laughs> I think if you've got Kane and Moody on the wing, you've got to put Billy at 15. you've got to have that experience in the back three and who can who can direct Kane and Moody in and around. 100%. And I, I think that that pretty much for 15, I mean, you've got, um, you know, the flipping... The, the front row that's madly experienced. Eben, it's a bit. Franco Mostert's uh, got experience. Uh, Sia Khaleesi, obviously. Peter Steph de Toy, Dwayne Vermeulen. I mean, that that's an ex- experienced... Um, oh, wait, wait. You swapped Franco Mostert for Argentina. I'm happy, one, with, but, I'm happy with either. So that's okay. Yeah. We can but, have but even a five jersey Sneiman. or whatever it might be. Even even Argy Sneiman, he's an absolute beast. He's been informed this season. But you still got seven out of eight that are really experienced Springboks. Obviously, we've got Faf, who's super experienced, linking up with with Libok. It would have been nice to if Libok had a bit more experience, but you know what? It is what it is. And then obviously, like you say, Colby and um, and Andreas days are not that much experience, but you've got Colby, uh, JC Creel at thirteen, and then you know having that sort of exactly like you say that um, you know sort of someone taking control of the back three in a Villy LaRue and just sniping out of nowhere, man. You you always get those those wide angle, like those those wide passes or those cross kicks. And you, and you just ask yourself, was that bloody Villy LaRue? Because you just can't believe how he just shows up out of nowhere, man. I don't know. Maybe it's his he's probably taller than me to be fair, but maybe it's his height. Really? That he's I, I like I say, I think he has got one of the best r- rugby brains in the game genuinely and, Especially uh, at 15. And, and the thing is when, when you've got a brain like that you don't necessarily need to have have the wheels that um that he used to for is six foot one mate by the way dude he's big damn it <laughs> right no, no 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 he's six foot one he's, and he's, he's 90 he's... kilos what he does not look 90 kilos but he's 90 kilos no not at all that's mental. That is wild. That's bonkers. Speaking I, of bonkers, I've gone for Ion Banambi for. 16. I thought you might have, seeing as we've only really got. If you'd gone for anybody else, it would have been quite a surprise. I went for Oxen Chair at seventeen. Fair enough. Trevin Nikane at eighteen. Him over Vincent Koch. Do you think better form? Yeah, I, I think I think Trevor. Big Trev. Yeah, it's big Trev, man. Like I don't I know. Do. He's, you know what? He's you know why I like that as a selection? Is he plays in France and he's played for Racing ninety two, I think, for the last last year. 
so he knows the French bands, all that kind of stuff. I think it's a, a, a good good choice. 19, I'm happy for it to either be Franco Moster or RG Sneeman. I'm happy to, to interchange those two. I think you, you get good games from both of them. They're both very rarely off their game. They're both consistent performers. Interested to see at 20 if you went for another lock or a loose forward. I went for another lock. Please tell me it's Jean Klein. Yeah, it is it is Jean Klein. Um, just because I love that combination of RG and, and Jean Klein. That's why even if RG and Jean Klein come off um the bench, I just think that combination is just killer. Bro, man. Can just... you imagine being on the field having just faced Ibn Etzebeth and Franco Mostert for 50 minutes? Your body is sore, you're bruised, you've been run over, and you look to the side of the pitch seeing that they're getting subbed off, thinking that somebody's had mercy, and all you see is those two running on together, I think I'd genuinely shit myself. 100%. 100%. I, I, I just like the, the the locks they've got at the moment. I mean, there's not too many changes we're really making to the to the South Africa versus New Zealand team, uh, which is what I found. But then you obviously threw a spanner in the works on some of the selections, so I had to make some changes on the spot thinking. But uh, my question is, who have you gone for 21? Marco! Yeah, thought so. Thought so. I, had, I had a strange suspicion that you, that you were going to say Dion Fury. You know what? I did think about it, but actually the reason I've not is I would probably go, this is a difficult one, I'd probably go for Quaha Smith over Dion Fury. And the I'll, only I'll, reason I'll, I say uh, that is... If you look at that squad, it's really, really diverse and flexible in terms of the positions they yeah. can cover, except for Eightsman. If you look at that entire squad, there's only one player who's an out-and-out eight. So really what would have to happen is you'd maybe... Khaleesi's got experience playing at eight, so you could maybe slot him across. You could pop Marco from starting in. I doubt you'd see Peter Steph the toy showing up there. Fuck it. You know what? You could put Malcolm Marks in at eight. Fine. But if we're honest, in terms of international experience, eight, Quacha Smith has played eight for the box. So he he's probably the next cab off the rank in terms of a diverse player or a player that come off the bench. Yeah, I mean, look at I was definitely thinking thinking Quacha Smith. You know, Marco van Staden is is really good and he's been performing really well. He's in form. I think it's going to be, you know what, it's going to be interesting to see what he does against New Zealand because I think that will answer that question because that is must be a question for Jacques, whether they go for Quacha Smith off the bench or Marco van Staden off the bench. So I think this is, yeah, I, I think this is this is do or die for Marco van Staden to get that 21 jersey. Puts in a good performance off the bench, is a real game changer in that moment, then then I think, yeah, makes that decision a little bit easier. Because, uh, I mean, Quacha Smith's been good, but it hasn't been outstanding yeah. sort of thing. But you, know, but you know what he can do. I mean... For Marco van Staden to take a position, he needs to be outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested to see, now that you've had some time to think it over, is it Grant Williams you're paying from the bench? Is it Kovas Reinach? Is it Jaden Hendrickson? You know what? I I really thought long and hard whether, and it wasn't even my choice, but it obviously has affected um, the two guys that I would really like to see as scrum offs would be definitely um, Grant Williams. 
I, I really want to see him come off the bench. But then it was just the conversation I had to have with myself being, well, then Kurvis has to take Fuff spot. And is he going to take it? Is yeah. it, you know what I mean? So I, I definitely think Grant Williams should come off the bench, 100%. You have Marnie Lebock, he's staying on the pitch the whole game. And then you bring Grant Williams w- with, with that explosion, you know, and that flair and that speed, man, that just raw pace. It's just, the question, I think we've answered it already. You know, you, you just got to go with the experience of Faf. Kubis does have experience and he and he brings that element. But, oh, man, it's it's such a toss-up. But I, I just think Grant Williams brings something different. And the other thing with a 6-2 is Grant Williams is fast enough to cover the wing. 100%. I think he I think really I got to go Grant Williams. I'm okay with that. I, it was a it was a straight shootout between Kubis Reinach and Grant Williams to me, if I'm honest. But I think that... Depending what happens against the All Blacks now, if Buff has a shocker and Kurvis plays well, I think Kurvis plays himself into that nine jersey. Oh God, yeah, that's that's fair enough. Now like, twenty three, like, Marcus Olin. No, I'm kidding. Damien Willemser. I was about to say. <laughs> I would. You know what? I'd love to. If you were going for, if you were going for a standard five three split, I'd be saying. You put on Grant Williams, you have Damien Willemser in at 22, and you have somebody like Marcus Zorma Pimpi at 23, and then you drop either Jean Klein or RG Stamen. I think Jean Klein will probably be the one that drops in that that lineup because he's more of a, a swap for somebody like Irvin. But I think if you're if you're going for that six two, you want versatility and you need the the pocket knife himself in in Damien Willemser. I think it's a pretty damn good side. If this is the side that ends up playing against Scotland, you heard it here first. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying, mate. <laughs> now, let's get into this weekend's picks to, to round the show off. I'll leave the best for last, but we'll we'll, we'll, st- we'll we'll look at all the internationals. England versus Fiji. You know what? I want, I want Fiji to be a sneaky surprise in the World Cup. So I'm going to say England. I think it's going to be a battle of the clothes lines, though. Because you oh, know those, those specific islands, and I think they might just uh, give England some gear in that regard. It'll be uh, it'll be rugby league because we like thirteen on thirteen rather than fifteen <laughs> on fifteen. Uh, Scotland v Georgia. I think Scotland takes it. I think Scotland will take it. will take it by a fair margin because Gregor Townsend's already come out to say he made a mistake in the twenty nineteen World Cup by not using the World Cup warm-up matches to play his best 15 or his best best 23. So he's going in all guns blazing, I think. But I do think Georgia have a chance in their pool, which is nuts to say, yeah. but I think Georgia do. Italy v. Japan? Italy. I'd really like to see Japan win. And I would. I would. Fan, fan favorite. Like I would like to see Japan win, but I just think, yeah, Italy is Italy's not bad, man. They're looking good. They are looking really, really good. If Japan can keep 15 men on the pitch, because I think in the last two or three games, they've had a red card within the first like 20 or 30 minutes. They can keep 15 men on the pitch. I think they've got a chance. If it's 14 on 15, they're fucked, to be honest. Uh, Game I didn't even know was happening this weekend. Spain v. Argentina. Argentina. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Ireland v. Samoa being played in France. Yeah, I think Ireland takes that. Ireland had a yeah, it was a boring game. So again, but yes, that was a boring game. It felt so long, but Ireland. But again, that's just 
you know, Ireland getting sucked into this. It's that there's not much happening in this game. And then they just get out of that second, second gear. And then geez, it's all she wrote. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, France v Australia. Eddie Moans, as you call him. I hope France hammer the bastards. <laughs> Bro, what, what can you imagine? Australia beat France. That would be. I nuts. don't want to. That would be nuts. They've they've pulled Steve Hansen in this week. I probably could imagine it. Yeah, you know what? It, it it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting because to be fair, as much as I like giving Australia shit. It's not a World Cup if they're not performing at a decent level. You know what yeah. I mean? You, you do want to see that other side sort of, uh, you know, performing in that. And and, and you want good uh, World Cup games. So it will be interesting. But I, I kind of want, I really do want France to put a good score on them and get some get some uh, sort of, you know, some some fire in the crowd, some energy, some real and true belief from their fans you know they, they're such a passionate fan base and you know home home world cup you really you know if, if we come down to to playing france and that it would be quite um quite something you know to be able to hammer the bastards in their own backyard but <laughs> but it is it is great to see you know it's, it's great to see a home nation sort of with 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 a lot of fire behind them so so i do hope they put some serious points i can't wait for that to happen and then the all blacks to just crush french dreams in that opening game because i think that might end up happening as I said, save the save the best for last. South Africa versus the All Blacks. Oh, how do you call this, man? How do you my call heart, this? My how heart, do you pick a winner? My heart is saying South Africa. My brain is saying a draw. I don't know why. I know. I was literally, I was literally like, I think that's a cop out. But um, ah, man, it's like, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a tighter game than the last one we played. I think it's gonna be way tighter. I think it's going to be two one points. of those. Uh, yeah, I think I think two or three max, max three points. I think it's going to be a really tight game. I think it's going to, um, you know, be be one of those games that that you definitely sort of remember, um, especially as a as a warm up game because at the end of the day it's a warm up game, but it's still a South African test match. Test match, you know, and doesn't matter if it's a warm-up game doesn't even matter if it's a charity game or something you know like you best believe bodies of flipping saw and beaten after that game so i think they they're, they're playing full throttle man i think it's going to be a tight game i think it's going to be a both Savia and Ibn Beth have come out this week to say it's a test match we're fielding our best team that all blacks team is scary at the moment that all blacks team having had the likes of a jason ryan come in they're a different beast to what they were last year. And I think a lot of Europeans and and Brits will be quite surprised when they see the form that the All Blacks are in come this World Cup. South Africa by one 100%. point. That's my prediction. Yeah. SA by one. One point. And Marnie Lubbock's going to slot the, the winner. <laughs> drop goal. Drop goal <laughs> in the 83rd minute. Drop goal by Dwayne Fumilin, bro. No, no, no. Dwayne Fumilin is going to get a nice steal. He's gonna get a nice steal. He's gonna grab um, that fucking ball. The box gonna just money's gonna snort it over, buddy. Yeah, I'd love to see that. On that note, thanks for joining us for another episode of the SAF Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. If you've not already, then please head over to the socials, give us a like, pop us a follow. 
We'll be back next week to start building up to the World Cup. Can you believe it? It's finally here. We'll catch you then.